0: Welcome back, everyone, to Here for the Truth. We're on episode eight right now, two months in. And as usual, we've got another special guest for you today. Allison Lori Nixon is our guest. And uh, Allison is someone I connected through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition years ago, and we've stayed in touch. She's awesome. She's badass. I'm going to actually read her bio for you all so you get a little idea of of who this uh, amazing woman is. So Allison is a self-sabotage and integrative nutrition health coach from Atlanta where she lives with her husband, two sons and three dogs. She was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome at 10 years old and was promptly put on several medications which led her to exploring alternative healing modalities. At 14, she took herself off of all medications and pursued dietary and nutritional therapies, which Allie used to successfully heal her Tourette's. As a result, Allison developed a deep love of learning about the human body and its connection to the mind and spirit. She has committed her life to seeking truth, uncovering wisdom, and helping others break free from their own limiting beliefs and self-sabotaging behaviors. I love it. Nice perfect for our podcast uh you're uh allison's an amazing she's a truth warrior you know for those of you that follow her on instagram she just she no holds barred she she speaks her mind and uh really value her for that so thanks for coming on the show
1: thank you so much for having me i'm really grateful to be here
0: cool um so what's why are you here why are you here for the truth
1: Well, I don't know if you've noticed, but the state of things is horrifying. And, um, you know, I think that it's pretty incumbent on just ordinary people like you and me to be courageous and and speak openly and honestly about what it is that we're seeing happening because what is the quote? All that's required for evil to that's my dog i apologize No you know all that's required for evil to
0: to persist or something to
1: persist is for good people to, to do, do nothing, nothing. and yeah. so you know i'm just trying to do my tiny little part in the corner of my instagram and and um obviously the stakes feel very high for me because i'm yeah. a mom yeah. so i've never been the type of person who um Kept her mouth shut, but I try. But now that I'm a mom, I don't feel like I can. Well, listen, so. you know,
0: you're not designed to keep your mouth shut. For anyone that knows human design, you're a manifester and manifestors they they express, they speak their mind, they inform, and so yeah. you know, seeing you kind of in that state and in that place just shows me that you're even more aligned with your mission and who you're supposed to be. So I commend I you for that. that. You're, you're inspiring uh, to me. I love what you do. I love what you speak. How you speak out and you fight to. You fight for your children you know you want a better yeah. future for them and i think it's really courageous and that's another reason why we wanted to have you on because you know we want those truth truth seekers and truth warriors that are willing to just be in it, to be in the arena, you know, like that quote, yeah. that quote that I think it's a Theodore Roosevelt quote, like being in the arena and doing it and getting messy. And yeah, your get mind. your
1: ass kicked.
0: Yeah. As yeah. Opposed and to if you're sitting not, shut
1: sidelines.
0: up. <laughs> yeah, sitting, yeah. There's so many people sitting on the sidelines yeah. and looking at people like like yourself, like us and like, you know, judging and talking shit. It's like, well, you know, lace up your gloves, get in the ring or else shut yeah. up. Right. That's my view.
1: I'm totally with you on that
2: yeah and i think people like um people think peace comes as a result of not speaking your mind or speaking the truth but to me peace comes when we're able to um speak our truth uninhibited right When we can freely express ourselves no, no matter what that is without having to worry about backlash or worry about what's around the corner or who's, who's going to perceive us in in any which way um so yeah, I just thought, thought, thought I'd throw that in there um, because that's something that holds a lot of people back. They don't, they, don't, they're not, they don't want to put themselves out there because obviously they're scared of the response, right? But now more than ever, we need everyone, all hands on yeah. deck on this yeah. ship. Mm-hmm.
0: So I, based on what he said too, I want to ask you, like, how has it been for you? You know, like you mm. were just telling us a story earlier how you were in college and writing a paper on, on, on Michael Tazarian and your teacher thought you were crazy. You know, so like, how is it for you where you've kind of been that person that is going to like live your truth, speak your mind, speak out, be outspoken? Like, what has been the reaction from maybe friends or family members or kids you went to junior high school with or whatever it is? Like, I'm, oh, curious, how you, I'm curious how that is for you, how you've navigated that.
1: I think for one, I was well-prepared to always speak truth to power in really uncomfortable situations because of my upbringing. And I'm a child of um, abuse and a lot of trauma, not unlike a lot of people who are probably listening to your podcast. I think a lot of truth seekers come from more tumultuous upbringings, and that's what brings us to seeking a more enlightened path, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. So I think that the resistance that I get isn't as bothersome to me as it might be for other people because I just grew up with it, I'm totally used to it. However, with that said, it's not uncommon for me to get messages from, you know, petty girls I used to go to school with who might message me and say, everyone's talking about you. Who think you're crazy. And I'm just like, really? Everyone, everyone's talking about me. Ooh, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm glad to, you know, feel okay. But, um, ultimately it's like, you know, a lot of people will reach out to me and ask me, how do you have the courage to speak out about these things when the, the backlash you get is so great. And I just say to them, it's like a muscle. It's like any other skill you would learn. You would never go from never working out at the gym to going to the gym and like bench pressing 300 pounds. Okay, you need to work out your muscles. And this is very much just like that. So you start speaking out about what you believe in, you get some backlash, you get some backlash, it might hurt. But then you get up and you dust yourself off and you're like, okay, I'm gonna do it again. And then you do it again and you do it again and you do it again. And then finally you're just, it it doesn't even bother you. And then you kind of realize that the people who have anything to say anyways are living really um, unconscious and small lives. And so you just kind of don't care what those people Mm -hmm. say to you or say about you. yeah Um, yeah yeah i
0: I think also and let me know if this if you feel this way is that as you start speaking your truth more those people fall away and like you said you don't care as much but then this whole tribe of kindred spirits and like-minded people just show up oh yeah like you know that's one of the benefits i think of technology and social media is that there's people from all around the world that are connecting and there's friendships being built there's alliances being built and It's pretty awesome to see and witness. And I love what you said about the muscle thing, because I've had that same exact conversation with people who are newer in their journey. They're questioning a lot of things. And, you know, they're asking me these questions. I was like, listen, you know, like, you know, several years ago when I shared like a simple post on vaccines on Facebook and got all this backlash, like you almost have to like deal with certain things, things come up to the surface for you as an individual to process. Sometimes your trauma comes up to, to deal with when you're pushing the envelope, where you're speaking out against authority. And so mm-hmm. I said the same exact thing. I was like, it it takes time. you know. Maybe you just start like talking to a friend, then maybe you share something maybe, and then maybe you don't at all. And it's what David Whitehead said on his podcast with us is that maybe you don't need to start a podcast or have an Instagram right. page, just you alone thinking the 100th monkey effect, yeah. shifting your consciousness is going to have an impact across the board in some way, in a way that you can't even measure it. So,
2: Yeah. I think what, what's also really important is that as you go through this process and you start speaking the truth, but your your initial community isn't really aware or isn't used to your perspective on things, then we can easily create this dissonance between who we really are and who we've been or what we've been... I guess suppressing to those people that whose toes we don't we don't want to step on. You know what I mean? So it's such a natural thing to, as you more so express yourself authentic, authentically and your truth. That you know, what I mean, as you said, man, those things are going to start bubbling. People are going to start questioning. You're going to feel that friction and that resistance, and that's where it's like, okay, can I really have a foot in both camps? Or you mean, does one thing need to be resolved or released or let go of for me to actually? You know what I mean? Accelerate further on the path that he's inclined and meant for me.
1: Yeah. Courage begets courage. So when people see you stepping out and, and, and speaking on certain subject matter, that may be taboo, then it, but they see you do it. and, 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 and I'm, I may see, I may appear fearless, when I speak, but I'm, I'm not always fearless. Sometimes I'm like second guessing. I'm thinking, why did I say that? Oh God, I need to turn off my phone. Cause when I turn on my phone tomorrow, I'm going to have all this hate mail. But when people see you, um, speak authentically and truthfully, then it really, it's like you said, the hundredth monkey effect. It really motivates other people. And and I get messages every single day from people saying, oh, I thought you were so crazy six months ago, but I just had this experience. And I think that, you know, watching you kind of step in it has inspired me to speak out myself. And And I say step in it, not saying that I'm, I'm saying anything that is like, too outlandish it's just to a lot of people the material that we talk about is probably so ludicrous to them
0: yeah i mean unless it's on the mainstream media or it's you know um on the radio or the internet you know mainstream pages like yeah you know that's it's out there like you have right. to seek it out it's not going to just show up for you you have to pick up the books. You have to look at the different independent scholars. You got to follow different people on Instagram. You got to ask the questions within. That's part of the process that we talk about so much about seeking truth. It's not going to be handed to you. Well, the I think that's the that problem. Be aren't handing you the truth. They're handing you lies, yes. they're feeding you lies. And what, yeah, that's but people what people don't need to understand, no, they don't. They don't. No,
1: no, that would just shatter their reality. So, yeah.
0: yeah.
2: And we've been we've been conditioned to want it to be fed for us, to be spoon fed, yeah. right? We've we've been conditioned to not be inclined to do the work or actually go through any kind of process to come to our own level of discernment about anything. You know? mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, which again, it's everything we talked about, even on our first two episodes, about what it means to walk an authentic path, to be on the hero's journey. It starts from within, you yeah. know, and it's like maybe that's why some people, like you said. Have had maybe more challenging lives they felt the pain of that existence and they're like well there has to be something else what else is out there and they started with Mm -hmm. that individual process individuating and then very often it guided them to other things yeah so um that inner friction is definitely the kindling yeah Mm -hmm. yeah what was it like you know you had brought up earlier about you know writing paper on Tazarian and things (laughs) like that what was it for you Where was that initial moment Where you were like, something's a little off in this world. I don't know if I trust what's being fed to me in school and media, et cetera.
1: I don't know if it was really just one thing. I honestly think that growing up, I had a skepticism for the authority figures in my life because... I learned really young that I I couldn't trust the authority figures in my life because I had one very abusive parent, and then I had a parent who was more emotionally neglectful but not abusive. And then on top of that, there was like I had a lot of health challenges as a kid, and I feel like that is often the impetus that brings people to search for truth, as they're in some kind of crisis, and and the authorities fail them. So for me, it was a vaccine injury that caused ticks and then turned into full-blown Tourette's. And I was put on a lot of medication, which didn't help me at all. I was only 10 years old. I was told by the doctors that I would never go to high school, never graduate high school, go to college, get married, have any kind of normal life. I'd probably kill myself. Like, this is literally what they told me and my family. And they put me on all uh, like an assortment of drugs and it didn't help. It made it worse. And so when I was 14, I moved away from home and I took myself off of all medication and I pursued a more holistic route for healing my brain and my body. And so I learned when I was quite young, that the people who are supposed to know everything really don't know everything. Um, And yeah, so because of that, I I think I'm just wired to question everything I'm told. Um,
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, it's amazing that you said that because I hear that so many times from people, even my own wife in school, I think, I don't know what grade she was in, she was told that she was never gonna go to college um and she has a master's degree a doctor. And she got her PhD yeah you know? because again our school like looks at you in a certain way and if you can't follow like a, s- a small little uh, formulaic way of learning like if you mm-hmm. have a different forms of intelligence or whatever the case I may mean, be, like they can't put you in the box so then they kind of toss you out of the box and say that you're useless when right. they just because they don't know how to help you because they don't have the tools because the system is fucked they just blame you you know it's typical
1: so. I mean, how many, like we're nineties kids, right? Like were we all put on Ritalin. I know I was, my husband was, we were misdiagnosed with ADD because, you know, we were, you were all you were, a, you were
0: creative and uh, imaginative. We were, yeah,
1: c- creative also. That was kind of the period of time when they were dumping a bunch of chemicals into our food. And, and so maybe we weren't learning material as easily as brains of kids did before we were like
0: poisoned
1: yeah poisoned yeah and so yeah I mean I struggle a lot to you know determine how I'm going to educate my children because I completely don't trust the educational system private or public at this point um and a lot of that comes from my own experience, but also it's so much worse today for kids today than it, I think it was for us.
0: Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that's the case. Um, definitely, yeah.
2: How did you, how did you leave home at fourteen? Where did you go? What did you, what did you do? Oh,
1: my ass was sent to boarding school. Okay. Now, I had um, a really, (laughs) I mean, that's half the story. I had a really troublesome relationship with my mother. And so we just came to the decision, my family, that I I would not survive if I stayed at home and I was the youngest child. And so, yeah, I was really fortunate. I found a school that... um, I, I liked, yeah. and, and so I, I left at 14, it was the week before 9-11, wow. um, and I remember just the absence of stress at this new environment did so much for me in terms of my Tourette's. Um, not just, you know, I, I, I stopped my medication cold turkey which I'm not you know co-signing as like a treatment that people should do like that can be quite dangerous too but I did that and I changed my diet and I started heavy metal detoxing and then 9-11 happened and all of that still was less stressful than the home environment from which I came so um yeah that's how I find
2: that amazing that at, at, at that young you were able to um begin to piece your life together and begin to to solve those problems on your own and, and take those steps which i guess you innately felt were right for you i think that's just absolutely incredible to actually
0: have Thank the experience you. that are. yeah yeah well it well, seems it, like something a manifestor would do anyway <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah
1: i mean that it, it, it when there's a will there's a way and for me i think because my illness, although I don't like to think of Tourette's as an illness, it 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 was for me. It was so obvious um, because I mean, my Tourette's was so f- severe. I was pulled out of my school. Um, you know, I, I, people t- tell me people who kn- knew me back then tell me that I looked possessed. I mean, when I t- I mean, I was I had no control over my bodily movements is really severe. So, you know, pain can be a really powerful motivator. And I, and I know you guys have, have talked about that on this podcast before, but I think that's often when we become motivated to change is when it's just too painful living the way that we are. That was the case for me.
2: And that's when when the choice happens, right? It's either you do something about it and you go through the painful process process of detoxing within and without or you just capitulate and completely, completely numb yourself to that pain yeah. and shut it out I've done
1: growth. that too yeah I've but done it all <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah yeah
2: well thanks so what, for being here I'm glad you glad you made you made it through whole.
0: yeah I'm so happy <laughs> you made it through here because again you know you come through the fires and through the flames and reborn as a new person probably multiple times in your life yeah and here you are to tell your story and to be a shining example as an amazing mother to your children. And I know you're a warrior mom. I know you have so much love for your children and to do whatever you can to protect them, to guide them the best way possible. And, you know, it's, it's a really, really important thing. You know, it's a really important responsibility. And so I commend you for that and what you do. Um, well, your your you. children are blessed to have you as a mother. Thank you. So what happened after 14? Like what was the, I just want, I like hearing more of your story too.
1: Yeah, so after that, I, I kind of bounced around the country. I, I went to Arizona for a year, then I moved back to New York where I got my completely useless liberal arts college degree. Um, but yeah, I was telling you this story beforehand. I was in an advertising class and I had a final term project. And I decided to base it off of Michael Sarian's work. And my teacher thought it was so preposterous that she threatened to fail me if I didn't rewrite the paper. So I rewrote the paper, huh?
0: And it was on what, subliminal messaging and programming that goes on in advertising?
1: Yeah, like subversive symbologies and advertising, which actually isn't that hard to believe it's really as far as like Michael Sarian's work goes like that's about as vanilla as it gets like it's it really not Foundation that far out Yes. yes <laughs> yes but she thought it was so preposterous that she forced me to rewrite it or threaten to fail me so I agreed to rewrite it but I didn't really rewrite it um I threw some other stuff in there but I I dug my heels in I wasn't going to you know bend to that and so i did fail that um exam but i passed and um you know
0: Mm. you gotta love (laughs) academia in that in at least in that way because i don't want to knock all of it but it's like yeah they're creating the future free thinkers of america right
1: i know i I really i'm surprised you didn't read that and think oh i've i've never heard of this before this is a really interesting perspective or might i look into this there's no like intellectual curiosity so well,
2: yeah. all anyone has to do is go back to the testimony of yuri bezmanov and his socialist subversion over three yeah. generations which yeah. you well, know, i hadn't seen
1: that yet but yeah, <laughs> yeah you're yeah. right
0: you can find out you can find out the get that link and send it to your professor be like hey so this was um, this interview happened before you we were even in class together just so you oh. know like I, i've said this often on my Instagram is, that's a video, the interview with G. Edward Griffin with um, KGB defector Yuri Besmanov that mm-hmm. I share often with people. I was like, here, this was yeah. in 1984 and here's an ex-KGB um, agent, whatever you want to say, who's literally laying down what ideological subversion is and what they do and how they go into the, the institutions. And it takes like a generation or so, like, it's right here for you, you know. But again, we're not taught that. Like, do we learn about that in school, in elementary of school, we're not in high, school? That. In high school? You know, no. Yeah.
1: Well, no. And I find that even if you present that to people and you show it to them, it won't compute. It won't bypass. It's it's like the you know in the men and what no the Matrix, the Mr. Smith character, yeah. where like something will take over their body. We're like, no, nope, I reject it. I don't believe it. That's you know, and and it's very clearly in front of them, but they won't see it.
2: Well, that's the Um, proof that it's worked.
1: Right, yeah, exactly, yeah, right, yeah. Hmm. But anyway, to continue on, after college, right away I moved out to LA um, to pursue music because that's kind of what I always intended to do with my life. And it didn't take very long for me to learn what's required of someone to really make it in that industry. And, and I think a lot of people listening to this will probably know what I'm picking up on. Mm -hmm. will pick up when I'm laying down. I mean, but, um, yeah, I, I just, I realized I I can't compromise myself like that. And so then hmm?
2: I'll just agree with you. Sorry.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, too. So I, um, I had to really think about what I was going to do with my life at that point because the plan was always to pursue music and that's when I kind of found IIN, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and I was always really passionate about nutrition and healing modalities and and helping people. but I didn't really know what that was going to look look like. And I, and I kind of heard like a whisper in my ear, like health coach. And I was like, I've never heard of that before. I'm gonna Google health coach. And that's how I came to find IIN. So that's when I started getting involved in the health coaching. Mm-hmm. And then um, around 2018, I got pregnant with my son River. And just California, just a scary place to raise a family right now with like the medical authoritarianism going down there. And SB 276 was on the books, which of course was the bill to eradicate um, religious exemptions and medical vaccine exemptions. So with my history with vaccine injury, I knew it just wasn't a safe place for my kids to grow up. Um, all the Hollywood stuff aside, which is enough of a yeah. reason to leave, but yeah. And so we came back here to Atlanta and this is where we've planted our roots. Atlanta. Yeah. Very hot right now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's very <pretty> hot here <laughs> in, uh, in shitty Cal- Los Angeles, California, according to you. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. I'm in Topanga. It's a little different. <laughs> That's for sure. So but, awesome. And I agree with, and I agree with everything you said. So yeah, let's, okay. let's talk
2: about, um, so self-sabotage because that, that was in your yeah. bio and that's obviously yeah. something that um you, you've come to understand so tell me from your perspective what is the nature of self-sabotage and what is it that motivates someone to continue to do things which are obviously working against them
1: well this is a very very layered issue so for our, the first seven years of a person's life our brainwave state is in theta which is like the hypnotic brave wave, brainwave state um so what's the function and purpose of that when you're a young child and you're a baby you are looking at the behaviors of your family members and the people around you and learning what's required of you to survive to be accepted by your your village your tribe your herd so um this is very much a biological like sink or swim. I need to survive, so I need to take on these behaviors. This is the messaging that we're getting when we're that young. And so what happens in like your traditional Western family during those first seven years, well, Mom might go to work and come home and drink a lot of wine at night. Dad might go to work, come home and drink a lot of beer and whiskey at night. The uh, the TV's on. We're eating, you know, pizzas and and burgers and we're injecting ourselves and we're on our phones all the time. So what we're what children are raised learning right now is that in order to fit into society, in order to literally survive, what do I have to do? I have to drink poison. I have to eat poison. I have to watch poison and read poison. And just everything is kind of an assault on that child's brain. But this is what we learn is required for us to survive because again hundreds of thousands of years ago in order to survive you had to be accepted by your herd Mm -hmm. but right now take a look around what's going on with the herd like everyone's like i'm team pfizer i'm team moderna right like the herd is heading for the cliff And so in people, a girl yeah. in a Pfizer world, <laughs> if I could never see that on my timeline again, I would just.
0: <laughs> oh my God.
1: Get on my knees and praise God right now. Yes. Um.
0: Praise God. Yeah. Anyways, I, I had to interrupt you on that. No, I. It was, no. Put it out there for me. Yeah. yeah so obviously the
2: collective, yeah, is 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 walking off a cliff. Yeah.
1: So I think that most of our s- self-sabotaging behaviors come from being deeply afraid to stand out and to be truly exceptional. You're going to stand out, right? If, if you want to like go to your nine to five job and just like make it paycheck to paycheck, good on you. But most people don't want that life. Most people want To accrue wealth, people want to be extremely healthy and energetic. But most the herd is not healthy and energetic. The herd is not wealthy, right?
0: So people people want those things, but they they don't do the things that are going to get them that 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 those things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. you're talking about.
1: Yeah, and most people who have achieved that aren't honest about what they did to achieve that as well. So you know, oftentimes people will, there's a reason why you might be, you know, let's say you want to lose like 30 pounds. Okay. A lot of people come to me, they want to lose weight. Fine. I get it. That's why a lot of people hire health coaches. So you start doing really well, you're cleaning up your diet, you're exercising, and then you run out of steam. And then all of a sudden, bam, you binge, you know, you're drinking on the weekends and everything. What happened? Well, what happened was usually that person was right at the, the, the cusp of breaking through. And so subconsciously their mind goes, wait a minute, if I'm, well, if I really lose the 30 pounds or I really make all this money, what are my friends going to think about me? Because My friends are over here doing the same thing that we've always been doing. And it's not like a conscious thinking pattern most people go through. It's deeply, deeply subconscious because again, this is all about being accepted by the herd because this is our survival now. Granted today, you don't need to be accepted by the herd to survive. In fact, I would argue the, the opposite that in order to really thrive, you need to go against the crowd. But this is, it's all like deep, biological wiring to be accepted. So what happens to, you know, if you have a herd of animals and one of them sticks their head up, they're no longer as safe. They're like the one with the head up. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I mean, that, that, that links into a topic which we talk about so often, which is the idea of um, responsibility, right? Because yeah. there's not really a responsibility associated with doing everything that the herd's doing. But the moment that um, you step into individuality, there's, yes, there's freedom, but freedom is inseparable from responsibility. And as Sigmund Freud says, most people are completely terrified of responsibility. Um, And as Michael Tessarian often says, um, it's, you mean, most people who say they want freedom don't really want freedom. They want freedom from freedom, which is ultimately responsibility. Um, So yeah, it's-
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what like, Jordan Peterson, who like there aren't a lot of people who have been more maligned in the press than Jordan Jordan Peterson, but he says like in the the route out of like depression is actually more responsibility. Yeah. You become more responsible for your life and that equals freedom. Yeah. And what's scary about right now is that if you even utter the word personal responsibility, like, oh my God, you're so privileged to talk about that. How dare you speak about personal yeah. responsibility? You are, you are so privileged. And so we are now like immersed in this weird culture where, it's, yeah,
2: it's very you fucking weird.
1: Yeah, you're better off the cult. more the, the more sure. victim it's cult. very sure. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your your you get your social status. Your social status is determined by how victimized you are. Mm-hmm. And people don't really want to think about what the implications of this are 30 years from now. Yeah. But this all goes back to like the Yuri, Bismet, what's his name?
2: Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. And I mean, I don't believe any of this is by accident.
2: Yeah, I was, I was, I was recently um, told I'm very privileged for considering health to be a choice.
1: Actually. Oh, t- I get told that like all the time. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, but it's, it's right. You're right. It's It comes down to the level of, of victimization and the complete unwillingness to... Um, face the fact that we are responsible on on some level on you mean and yeah so to continue to deny the fact that you're responsible for your health that you're responsible for your well-being that the choices that you make mentally emotionally physically do impact how you how you turn up in terms of your health is Um, fucking nonsense right
0: yeah yeah and it's not like at least from my, my point of view, it's not like I'm saying you can't be a victim. Like people are victimized in this world, but. At what, or that
1: you deserve but, your illness. Yeah. Yeah. But at
0: what point do you take the reins back or do you yeah. seek out people and do your healing and, and, and look into your past and do the shadow work? Like at some point you got to take the reins back and do the work, you know, you can be a victim, but then what you're just going to stay in that state 20 30 years
2: you know i mean mean? on 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 one level aren't we all victims haven't we all been deeply traumatized by this malignant culture which is now you mean showing its ugly face more than ever like we have we have lived through this experience of the big daddy literally trying to you know um completely brainwash us and subvert us into believing complete and utter lies we have all mm-hmm. lived through that. We've all been through that. That is a very traumatizing to actually even, you mean, accept that fact. But, you mean, what are you gonna do? Remain in, in an apathetic state and just kowtow? Or are you gonna take that information um, and do something about it?
1: Amen. Amen.
0: Now you're, tough, man. Say, now you're supposed to say ah woman.
1: Ah, oh. woman. <laughs> excuse, excuse me a woman
0: yeah right <laughs> yeah let's, re- let's just completely alter the language english language in history um but that's another well that's part of it yeah, yeah. um anyways
1: <sighs> <Just gonna laughs> take a
0: deep <laughs> breath after that
1: yeah so- just
2: the the reality is the reality and like sometimes we don't like not that we should but often we don't step back and actually realize and acknowledge what it is that's truly is taking place from purely a realistic level. You mean know, knowing what is now obviously known. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't want to stay, stay in this on, on, on this topic or whatnot, but you know, I mean, the facts, are the facts and yeah, it's, it's, it's mind blowing. It really and is. So,
0: yeah. And so again, we can talk about this to the cows come home, mm. but what, like you talk about self-sabotage, like what would, what are the solutions, you know, mm-hmm. like what do you recommend to people that they need to do to make these changes in their lives, like to do the things that you did at a very young yeah. age where you were like, shit, like I'm not in the greatest, most um sustainable environment to, yeah. to grow. And like, I need to go. I need to, I have this issue. I have this medical issue. Like these doctors aren't helping me. And A lot of people yeah. will just stay in that place of like, Oh, they're not helping me. Oh, I have another sickness. Oh, I'm taking these pills. Oh, they're not working. Oh, feel sorry for me, you know, but you didn't do that. So well, how do you, yeah
1: some people are pathologically addicted to suffering and being a victim and so some people i mean and i have people like that in my family who like their identity is wrapped up in their victimization and we see this a lot playing out like across this country in particular um and and i don't know how to help those kinds of people but for people who are really um desiring to change Mm -hmm. then there are Simple things that aren't actually that simple, but like on paper, it's really simple. Things like um, being very conscientious of what you about what you put in front of your eyes. So being mindful of the content that you're watching, because we are human beings, we are designed to emulate what we see, and this goes back to you know mimicking baby kids mimicking the the. Mm their family members so that you know they it's about survival so being very turning off the cnn i think i heard it on your podcast it's like fast food for the brain right Mm -hmm. all these all these propaganda channels being very mindful about what you're reading as well where you're focusing your attention what you're putting into your body things like you know caffeine and alcohol and sugar and packaged and processed foods, it literally puts your brain into a fight or flight response. So how are you going to achieve your your highest dreams? How are you supposed to achieve the kind of health that you want if you're in fight or flight, right? And of course, the fight or flight response is a biological a biological mechanism, you know, that our, our our body goes through in order to survive if there is a very real and dangerous threat, like a saber tooth tiger or someone's breaking into your house. Right? What happens? Like your prefrontal cortex shuts down, the blood goes to your extremities so you can run away. Digest it, digestion shuts down. So you're not going to be making really wise choices in your life if your brain is under assault and everything in our life is kind of designed to assault that part of our brains. The blue lights on our screens from the TV, your computer, your phone, then we have the junk that they're spraying in the air and the shit that they're, can I curse? You can fucking curse. I'm totally cursed already. <laughs> yeah, right. sorry. The, the shit I that curse. they're spraying on our, our crops. They need a full hazmat. You're telling me a guy needs a full hazmat suit to spray your corn and, and you can eat that corn? Mm-hmm. Okay, but if, if you're like putting all of these things in your body, <laughs> all this crap into your body, then your brain may not, you might not think about that you know you might just take the Tylenol and think oh this is totally a normal thing for me to do doesn't matter that the person in in the 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 lab who made it was like in goggles and had a mask on it it's fine
2: so like with with you with your clients how do you get someone to the point of actually um wanting to consciously eliminate those things from their lives that no longer serve them? Like, is there, is there a releasing process process or is it just simply by the time they come to you and they've made that decision already, they already have the willingness and they just need someone to, I guess, push them.
1: Well, generally people don't want to spend hundreds of dollars on something unless they're like really ready to break, have a breakthrough. Usually by the time people get to people like me, they're really suffering and they're just like, I'll do anything. And I'm, I'm careful too, when I screen people because I don't want to take on clients who I'm going to fail. Like, I don't want to just take your money and and not help you. So if I don't feel, and I have friends all the time who, who I'm very close with who say, I want to hire you. And I'm like, no, 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 I can't work for you. This would not work not because I don't think I could help a close friend because that's not true. It's because if I don't think that person is really willing to make changes in their life, why would I, I wouldn't, I, I would feel terrible taking that person's money, taking their time, you know, giving them hope if I can't really help them. So yeah. I'm pretty careful in, you know, I, I when someone comes to me, they want to work with me. I, you know, I'll screen them, I I have them fill out forms and stuff, kind of like anyone else does. I'm just not willing to work with someone if I think that we wouldn't be successful. It, it doesn't feel right to me to do that.
2: Yeah, no, of course, I And mean, Ultimately, it'll just drain you, I guess.
1: Yeah, and like, I want a high success rate, too. <laughs> there
0: we go. And it makes it more fun, too. At the end of the day, it's like you want to work with who you want to work with. You know, and yeah. with motivated, committed people who are suffering, but deep down inside, you know that they're willing to take the next step. I think yeah. it's a win-win situation. And you're just trying to like pull things out of people and they're just like, don't really want to be there. Uh, it's just a completely different uh, energy and vibe. So.
1: Yeah. And oftentimes people will come and and it needs to be, they they need more like support from other practitioners. So sometimes, especially if someone has like real history of like addiction or trauma, something that might be a little bit out of my wheelhouse yeah. then I might say, okay, I, I feel comfortable working with you. If you also have, you know, a therapist or you're working with this person and In fact, like, I don't have a lot of men who come to me. It's generally women who come to me, but you know, you're you're always like the person that I think of to, um, for a referral, if someone comes to me and they're a man and they're like a little, you know, I don't feel like I'm qualified really to help that person. thank,
0: Thank you for thinking of me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm loving this. This is great, we're going in all different directions and all different topics and subjects.
1: Yeah,
0: It's really cool. Well, what do you, let me ask you this. What do you think, what do you think is going to happen? Like, what do you, what do you think is going to happen?
2: That's a loaded like, question, bro. I,
0: I know, but like, like, you know, you share a lot on your Instagram page, like yeah. current events, your thoughts, like talking about the craziness of the world and this kind of like communo-fascist huge push where like, you know, our rights yeah. are taken away and we're being turned into drone-bought slaves. Uh, like you know, we two of us are in the U.S. We got someone in Australia. Like,
1: mm.
0: like, are you optimistic, or do you think it's gonna get really bad before it gets better? Do you think more people are waking up? Do you think
1: more people are waking up and more people are digging the heels in? Like, so I I think that. Part of the reason why I, I, I'm i very optimistic right now, part of that is probably because I made a conscientious decision months ago that I was really only going to invest my time in other truth seekers and people who are really committed to making important changes in this world and waking people up. So those are the people that I interact with on most days. So I might be more inclined to think, oh, this is getting really good. People are waking up. I, but then there's a part of me that, you know, I kind of go back and forth too. part of me thinks like, well, maybe we're expanding into the fifth dimension and half of us are going up here and then the rest are going to stay down here. And then do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and then other times I think this might get a lot worse before it gets better. One of the great gifts of this insane vaccine program. Is that the the warp speed or whatever? Is that it's making it's forcing ordinary people who would never think twice about what they're injecting into their kids' bodies. It's forcing them to think, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. This vaccine was awfully rushed. So how are vaccines normally tested? And then they might go down that avenue. And then all of a sudden they realize, like, oh wow, this is all a big scam um so i think in a lot of ways that this whole great reset disaster has hugely backfired mm-hmm. and i happen to think that's by the grace of god mm-hmm. that a lot of people are wakening up and and i know the term the great awakening was kind of co-opted by like the the trump and the the QAnon and all of that but I do feel like a great mass awakening is happening. And so that gives me, you know, that I can get out of bed in the morning because I think, okay, people are really waking up. I have, you know, people like my friend's parents who will message me online and say, oh yeah, I didn't get that vaccine because I, I, I read your article and I, I looked into it. And I think that's just a bad idea and you know yeah i think wow that's I unexpected and it's like,
0: i like that you said that because we, we had brought it up i don't know if it was with our interview with david on his show but that is the silver lining is that because the vaccine has come into the forefront for 15 months you know people have been looking into just like vaccines in general yeah. and um i think more people are getting hip to even what, what goes on in them or what goes in them like just even the ingredients
1: yeah i mean
0: there are there are medical professionals doctors and nurses that they don't even know what's in them
1: they have no clue Most don't. They just, no they just no. They'll, they'll just tell you there's no mercury yeah <laughs> that's you like their like, line. Oh yeah, it's, just like no
0: a, it's the antigen and, and that's it yeah we or, or the creator of the
2: mrna vaccine now robert malone Right, who's who's
0: sending the signals? <laughs> so, yeah. If is it? It's isn't it amazing that we have in the last 15 months two medical interventions, and you have one, the PCR test, yeah, that was invented by Nobel Prize winner Dr. carrie Mullis, who just happened to die about six months before this whole thing happened. Yeah, uh, coincidental. Where he, yeah, I'm sure. where where he's on video being like it's not meant to be used to diagnose infectious disease yeah and it's like let's just throw everything out the window that he that person said you know the inventor of it and now like joel said we have dr robert malone who's invented this technology who's been speaking out and he's being not only censored but he's also like being scrubbed from the internet like with well, this yeah. is 1984 right here okay we've got the ministry of truth yeah coming at you the thought police
2: mm. yeah like literally in front of our eyes, he's now being discredited and replaced as yeah you
1: know, He's he's not even anti-vax. He's not even anti-MRNA <laughs> vaccines. He's just saying this is you know much more dangerous than you know previously thought. Yeah,
0: but. and it's not like it's I, I can understand people saying like, oh, all you crazy anti vaxxers and crazy moms and people with no degrees or just saying all this nonsense. But like we had so many people the last 15 months, people that are for vaccination in general, whether it's Dr. VandenBosch, uh, you had uh, um, Michael Eden, who was the foremost CFO of, of, Mm. sorry, the chief scientific officer of Pfizer who's been sounding the alarm. So these are people out there and there's a lot of MDs. There's a lot of other PhDs who maybe are on board with the normal vaccine schedule, but they're like, what the fuck are we doing? But again, they're not being allowed to be on the television, on the news, you know? Right. We're not having equal opportunity for voices to be heard. There isn't some round table where you got Fauci on one side and Michael Yeadon or Peter McCullough or P- Professor Vanden Bosch or these, whoever it is. You know, so many people yeah. speaking out. There isn't that,
2: You just said one to, reportedly one to two million people in London marching in the streets right and
1: yeah. Yeah. As the
2: saying goes man the revolution will not be televised so
1: absolutely yeah
2: we, we we can't expect that but um there's absolutely no doubt that there is on some level a great awakening taking place i mean yeah. trust in the established system has diminished beyond possible belief and also, it almost seems to me as though they're just trying to grasp that what they can get being like the lowest density of us to an extent, yeah. you know what I mean. They're, they're just trying to take what they can get and run at this point. Um, that's the way I kind of view it at the moment. Um, it's going to be interesting how this plays out, and I mean, this is still early with this vaccine rollout, and we're seeing this level of injury and this level of adverse reaction. What's what's this going to look like six months down the road? That's what yeah. freaks me out.
0: We'll have eighteen new variants, you know.
2: But what's know. what's what's the fallout of the actual vaccine going to be? Yeah, like. Yeah. Like, well, are, we, are, we, are we all going to have direct experience of family and friends who have had this
0: like... Getting really sick and dying?
2: Yeah, dude. And yeah, this, man, this like, is happening
1: yeah.
0: yeah, it's happening and, you know, there are a lot of different people that have different prognoses and predictions and, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen but yeah. it's...
1: Well, there's been pretty. like a, a weird phenomenon where women, not women who've been vaccinated, but women who've been around people a lot who've been vaccinated are having a lot of issues with their menstrual cycles so even women who are like post-menopausal are getting their periods and then girls are getting like multiple periods in one month and at first like anyone who was sharing this information on social media we were like taken down my friend kim albert she had to make like five different instagram oh, yeah. pages because she was black she had thousands of pages of um people messaging her saying something like this was happening to them. And she was taken down over and over and over again. And then sure enough, like last week, like on CNBC or something, or HuffPo, something like that, there was an article like, oh, there's There's probably a reasonable explanation why your cycle might be off if you're around someone who's been vaccinated. So we've gone, okay, first it's like forbidden information. That person's a quack. They should not even have a social media presence to oh there's a reason why this may be
0: yeah so how i how mean many it's... people have been censored deplatformed for talking about the PCR tests. We're talking about mRNA yeah. vaccines. All these things.
2: The president of the United States of America.
0: Yeah, like they're exactly <laughs> just president him. It's got taken off Twitter. You know, Again, yeah. Whatever, whatever you want to think about the person. It's like yeah. their people are being censored, and it's like this meme I shared recently. It's like name a time in history where the people who were censoring and burning books were the good guys. Yeah, never. Yeah. It
1: reminds. It reminds me of, like, a really abusive boyfriend who yeah. beats you and is like, but it's for your good because I'm it's, protecting it, you. Yeah, it's
0: for, it's for, it's <laughs>
1: for, for your It's for your own good. good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's
0: That's you
1: know, really mess. what it's like. It's, it's messed. I mean, what do we know? Guess We're just lying. a
0: bunch of crazy conspiracy theorists, you know? No. Yeah. Another great, like, thing that was going around, I'm sure I shared it, was like, what's the difference between the conspiracy theory and the truth? Six to 12 months.
1: Six to 12 months. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know? well, and that's why. So when you asked me, like, do I think this is going to get better or worse? What went through my mind in that moment was like, well, it's kind of like alarming when you study this stuff for decades and then like it all starts coming true and you realize. Yeah. Oh, all that shit I read about Israel, yeah. so all this I mean, other shit I read about that's coming? No! Yeah. Well, no, you I mean, know. David
0: Ike David pretty much has been saying this yeah. for 20, 30 years, you know? I mean, I think it was like yeah. 10 or 12 years ago we did a video series or a video where he was like, oh, yeah, there's going to be new viruses and going to try to force vaccinate. You know how many people called him a crazy person? I mean, well, Bill last Cooper! Year saying people like us saying they're going to be vaccine passports. Last year. Yeah, yeah. And they are like, mm. no, you're crazy. They would never do that. They would never... Put vaccinated and non vaccinated people separately. Yeah.
1: Like, you know, I again, like, we're we're here. how, how we're did here. you know that they were going to release a virus and shut down the, the entire world? Well, because they literally ran a simulation three months beforehand and told us this is what they were going to do. Yeah. That's how we knew we're not just all. Wild, yeah, and who psychic. knows
0: what the virus is, where it came from, whatever's going on, pandemic, pandemic. Oh, yeah, it's, like
2: it's not out of the ordinary for them to run a simulation on exactly what's happening right now. To on a
1: coronavirus with, with, on? Yeah. with the it's Gates ridiculous.
0: Foundation. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. such a good person. I don't know. I can't believe you would speak negative of that man. He's uh-huh. a philanthropist. He's, he loves every child in India and Africa. He would never do anything to hurt them. Yeah, my mother in law message. What
1: my mother in law messaged me not too long ago, she's like, I think you're really wrong about him. I think he's just really trying to help people. And that
0: yeah, yeah. Like... look at look at the pink sweater. He's... I oh, yeah. love it's
1: my very own person with a pink sweater would do mean things. like,
0: Father's history and learn about his, you know, it's like, but again, people don't do that work. He
1: literally is an evil genius. Yeah. Genius debatable, but like he really, that's his archetype.
0: Anyways, listen, I love these round tables and I love us talking shit. Like it's fun. And at the end of the day, like, it's like, I want to just create my life and my existence as best as I can. There's craziness going out there. You know, I I feel like I have the ability to kind of keep one foot in the chaos and it doesn't really impact me emotionally. Like maybe some other people, because, you know, I'll talk about this stuff or I'll share this with people and they're like, how can you even, how can you even like read these articles or do that? Like, I just feel like depressed. Whereas I don't know what I have in my system or how I'm designed that like, I'm okay with doing it. And I could sit here and complain with the rest of everyone, but what are we doing? You know, how, how are you living your life? You know, how what are we doing to create the life that we want? And I think that's what it comes down to ultimately. So I want to ask you, like with all this crazy stuff that's going on, like what are you doing to like, you know, live the life that you want with your children, with your husband. Like, how do you kind of, I don't want to say shield yourselves because you do, you do that. You're doing this deep, holy, sacred work of like fighting for truth, fighting for justice. But like, what do you do to kind of keep your vibration high and to feel aligned? And yeah.
1: Well, right now I'm in the period of life where I'm really focused on motherhood. And so nothing really grounds you or tethers you to reality and Mm -hmm. and love and truth quite like being a mom or being a dad and being with your kids and realizing that everything that I'm modeling for them right now they're going to pick up on so they're gonna you know my babies are way too young to know what's going on like in the world but how old are you? kids? I am their world, two and a half and five months. Okay. So they're really young.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I've got a two and a half yeah. year old and six month old. She was born. In oh,
1: nice. I'm, I'm, I'm
2: noticing for me, like my my two and a half year old, I'm having to explain the whole mask thing because she's she's noticing masks when she goes out and she sees them out and she's asking the questions. So it's like, yeah, how do you how do you respond to that? For me, I just say, oh, they're playing a silly game, baby.
1: <laughs> That's sweet. I mean, I when when I, I mean it is I, a
0: silly game
1: that's really sweet for me we when we would go to I mean I don't wear a mask but back mm-hmm. when you kind of had to I would I have my son on my on my hip and I just like this is crazy everybody's gone mad this isn't normal like look, yeah. look at mommy the mask is down the mask is' the, just don't pay attention to what they're doing this is all crazy and and I just try to reinforce this idea that this is not normal don't think it is. Yeah. Um, and my heart broke a few times when I would pull my mask down and he would pull it back up, you know? Yeah. So um, I kind of stopped taking him to the store. Cause I just, I didn't want him to, I pulled him out of like the music class we took him to. They wanted out all the adults in masks. I said, I'm not doing this. Um, you know, so I tried to keep it as honest and normal as possible. Um, but you know, we had this birthday party. No one wore masks. Like, oh yeah, when we were in the thick of it. Like it, I just, you know, I. Nah, I try I, I hear you. I hear you.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I just try and model for him what it is that I want. How how I what what I want him to think is normal. Yeah. And we're really lucky because I'm in Atlanta. So things have been open for almost a year now. People aren't really wearing masks anymore. So yeah, I feel grateful that he's young enough that he probably won't remember this. And I will fight like hell to keep it this way because I know they're going to do like the something variant and try and shut it down again, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know. I just that's that's my prediction.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. To um in in Australia, like I mean I'm in a lockdown right now. They just announced one every every school holidays, there's a lockdown for two weeks now. Um while the kids are meant to be, you know, what I mean, while well, while they're actually on holidays and meant to be out exploring and playing. Oh my so gosh. yeah, so it's it's almost like there's an intentional traumatization happening. Um here so like we're like at the moment it's like a month or two no masks and then a month masks and I've never worn a mask I refuse to be muzzled. I walk everywhere um and um I I don't get hassled I do the hassling right I'm I'm like what the fuck you wearing that shit for like to everyone that I see um kind of thing so yeah but I I think about it from her from her perspective and like just I I, sometimes I get worried about you mean projecting where i'm coming from onto her as well you know what i mean because mm-hmm. it's like i'm such a deep thing within me where i don't want that to be normalized for her whatsoever to an extent and it's like trying to be as conscious as possible of you know what I mean. at the same time this is the reality that she entered into you know what i mean yeah um so yeah it's a it's it's a work in progress definitely
1: you know when i'm feeling really fearful about what the world is going to be like that my kids are going to inherit. I just come back to, you know, this belief that God created them to be here at this time for a reason. And so it's not a, an accident that our kids were born. Of course. During the time that they were born in. Yeah. And so, you know, we can do our job, we can serve them well by um, trusting them trusting them
2: yeah
1: parenting them in a way where they trust us as well not lying to them and also um you know teaching them courage as well that it's okay to stand out it's okay to be brave and go against the grain that's oftentimes the honorable thing to do yeah so that's what i try to do
2: definitely and like because i feel like we're all born with this innate defiance right like i mean yeah. you, you've got a two-year-old you know how you know how defiant a two-year-old can be um and it's like i don't want to diminish that within her at all you know what i mean like i don't want her to become passive to me because the, in at the end of the day she'll become passive to the world through that yeah. process you know what i mean so yeah it's just about yeah parent par- parenting is a trip. you know it's, it's 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 a thing in progress definitely i don't know where, i don't know where i was going with that just thinking about my current circumstances um, out loud at the moment um,
1: yeah. and yeah,
2: in, in an ever-changing landscape and an ever-changing world.
0: I love that you yeah, both have children thing. around the same age.
1: Yeah, that's, that's awesome.
0: I really, I really think that's beautiful. And uh, I like just witnessing this conversation. I'm not a parent, so. When are you gonna yeah. get in the game, bro? Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> when
0: are you gonna get in the game? I don't know, we'll see. We'll see what happens, <laughs> see if it's in God's hands. It's in God's hands now. <laughs> Yeah. You
1: guys will be amazing parents.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank I you do so much. hope
1: that you decide to have children.
0: Well, I appreciate um, appreciate that thought and message, and maybe we will. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> yeah,
2: played it very cool, way,
1: I dated a guy from Topanga Canyon, and yeah, he was. His name was Gaia. He...
0: Oh, really? Does it surprise me that someone from Topanga Canyon was named Gaia? <laughs> oh Just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and did he have kids like i'm wondering what the segue oh is. Like, <laughs> i don't know i don't You're I like don't, i just dated someone from topanga we'll
1: see no very like i feel like they're kind of an awakened people that gravitate to there so yeah, i mean some. his name was yeah. guy like, like it, most places
0: <laughs> you have awakened people and then not but but listen, yeah. at least with the bang of people who are really drawn to nature and kind of doing their own thing and don't want to be bothered, you know, it's definitely a place for that and still want to be close to a, yeah. like a major city and a major hub. And that yeah. does, that's
2: the other thing that this whole process has caused. Like we're all almost shifting to our authentic environments, right? Our environments that we know are more resonant with where, where we're going internally as well. Like when this stuff happened, I we moved out of Sydney. We moved an hour down, down the mm-hmm. coast um, to a smaller community. Um so yeah, it's something that we talk about so often, but um, it's like yeah, it's forced people to either step deeper into authenticity, or you know, what I mean, to I yeah. guess continue to succumb to the powers that be. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah,
0: I'm I'm right there with you. You know, we have been thinking about where we want to go, and and obviously the minute this happened, I went, oh, some things are in the works, and they're mm-hmm. happening. Things from many years ago that were discussed. I don't know if I want to stay in the hub of Santa Monica. Plus, you know, I'd leave the house in Santa Monica and someone would be like 50 feet down the sidewalk from you, double masked and like run into the street because you're on the same side of the sidewalk (laughs) as they were like 50 feet away. And I was like, my wife knows me. I was like, if I have to deal with this shit every fucking day, like, no. So anyways, it all worked out, stars aligned. We found a place and uh, here we are. Yeah it's so, a good spot cheers to all of us doing what we needed to do to take care of ourselves and take care of our families
1: for sure
2: definitely man well i mean what what other choice is there like what other choice are the choices going to make at this point like how can you how can you turn the other way now you know what i mean and i'm sure that you know, i mean this is something that's obviously a continual process and there's going to be harder times um and we just continue to have that courage to make the right choices and so you know yeah follow where we're being called i guess to go
0: yeah i agree um well allison i want to ask you a couple things one (laughs) to people that are listening um and to people that maybe haven't taken the plunge to speak out more like what what do you have to say to the people that are watching like that want to speak truth more that want to dive deeper like what message do you have how can you inform them as the manifester that you are
1: yeah You know, wherever we go, however this pans out, we're all gonna be on that road together. And so I think we're in a unique period of time right now where we're at a fork in the road. This could go any which way. And so it's really going to be, I believe incumbent upon people to be brave, to be courageous, to be willing to look like a fool to step up, do the right thing, and and just speak out about what you see and what you think. I mean, it could be something so small as just a young girl who doesn't wanna get the vaccine and tells her family, I'm not getting the fucking vaccine. You know, it could be the mom saying, I'm not masking my kid, I'm, I'm gonna have to pull him out of school if you continue to require that he wear a mask. It could be something so small as just hugging your parent when you see them and saying, I'm not going to let fear of this, you know, phantom virus to prevent me from loving on you. I mean, it just takes little acts of courage to completely change the course that we're heading in. So, you know, and also something really magical happens when you do start speaking your truth is you gravitate, you you truly gravitate towards people and people are gravitated towards you who need that and who are like that and who are doing that. So you will become way more supported once you start speaking out than you probably realize that you would be. I was terrified to speak out about a lot of these things. And I didn't even start speaking out about it until I was pregnant with my son, River. And I was learning about all these vaccine issues. You know, I I tried very hard to blend in, especially with Tourette's. I mean, I was like, so I had years where I stood out for all the wrong reasons. So more than anything, I wanted to just be... Like everyone else but you know we are the adults if you're listening to this you're probably an adult and we have to act like adults and stop acting like children and children will stay quiet and and just do what's required to get along but that's not empowering I, everyone we just need to kind of grow the fuck up a little bit
2: yeah and now's the I, time and we need you, you know, and I mean, yeah. basically what you're saying is that we're, we're voting with every choice and every thought that we make at this point absolutely. in time, we're voting for the world that we want to live in. Um, we're voting for the experience that we want to have. So start voting.
0: I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: No, you're absolutely right.
0: Yeah. I have definitely connected with some of the most incredible people the last Well, a few years, but definitely the last couple of years of speaking out more. And it's just like soul family, really, that I feel connected to. And, you know, I don't think this podcast would be happening if Joel and I weren't living and being and voting with our consciousness and our choices and our behaviors the way we have been. And I, I couldn't be more, I don't know, more blessed or grateful for that. And, and you have to deal with the, the sadness in the mourning sometimes of relationships that end. That yeah. they stop serving the purpose. Uh, but that's part of growing the fuck up.
1: Yeah.
2: Growth is uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable process. But what are mm-hmm. you going to do? Are you, are you going to stay where you are? Have have all your thoughts <laughs> and decisions at this point granted you a life that you consider to be fulfilling? and You wake up empowered every single day. Um, you know what I mean? Or... Are you at the point now where you want to make a different choice and see how that plays out?
1: Nothing gets you higher. Nothing takes you higher than knowing that you're living your authentic truth and that your actions are aligning with your beliefs and your words. There's nothing. And as someone who has spent many years trying to numb myself through substance abuse, through all kinds of vices and and various things, nothing will ever compare to when you wake up in the morning and you realize, oh my God, I'm really living my truth. Um, I mean that is like the I'm, cure I'm all me for so and there's so no one else much. I need to be. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, because so like true. you know, you we're all created with purpose, right? And so if you have like a fire in your belly and you want to change the world and you don't know how, then you just start where you're at with like your, your ministry is whatever's right in front of you. Right. Those are the people you're meant to help is whoever's right there in front of you. And, you know, I, I know people who are suffering tremendously yogis and, and, and you know, health practitioners who are really suffering because they're um, not living in their truth, and they're and they're going along to get along, and they're getting the shot, and they're not speaking the truth of who they are and what they believe, and they're just suffering so much, and it's really hard to see. And and no one has to live that way. It is so much harder to live that way than to be bold and walk in the truth of who you are
0: yeah yeah well on that note i don't know i hear some sound effects happening in the back
1: oh sorry quinn can you stop oh, sorry <laughs> sorry sorry
0: no, no that's that's all good um but i think this is a good place to end i what think that was draw? beautiful
2: that was that was absolutely okay. perfect man and I was, yeah. I was feeling it right there with you
0: yeah, yeah, it was really nice. So, where can people uh, find you and troll you on Instagram if they want? No, I'm just play.
1: Troll away. Um, yeah, on Instagram you can find me at Awaken with Allison. That's A L L I S O N. Yeah, make sure to follow
0: her backup account too.
1: Yeah, I think it's awakenwithallison with Allison too. I don't I know. Think, it, it's, I think it yeah, is. Yeah, anyway. I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm always getting kicked off there. Um, my website is AllisonLurry.com, Although it needs some work. There's some outdated information. I think I was a vegan the last time I, it was a couple of years ago. Okay. So So it's um, okay.
0: My website doesn't even work now. So I need to, I need to fix that. So I get it.
1: Yeah. If anybody's interested in coaching with me, you can email me a L L I E dot L U R E Y at gmail.com. Not super professional, but that's what I'm working with right now. And Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. This was really delightful.
0: No, so good to have you on and just thanks for being who you are and yeah. you know, being a voice for truth and being a light.
1: You guys as well.
0: <laughs> cool. Absolutely
1: yeah.
2: such 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 a pleasure to have you and keep doing your thing and I'm sure this won't be the last conversation that we have. Um yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed just this 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 round table on you know current events and getting the different perspectives and um
0: no, it's, and hearing it's, your story too weird. oh yeah i mean again like your story like yeah you know 14 i left home just kind of doing my thing i need to find a, di- a different way a better way like not yeah. many people can say that that was their life you know or like yeah or came to that realization at that age so again i commend you for for that for that inner strength
1: thank you well i appreciate what you guys are doing here i i really believe in this podcast i'll be promoting it and doing cool. the everything that i can but yeah you guys are doing such good work and i am deeply appreciative of everything i'm even learning just listening to y'all's podcasts and what the the content you put out you know you're awesome. you've always been a, such a good friend and a teacher for me as well and i really appreciate you thank
0: you, you so much i feel the same yeah well i wasn't gonna bring i wasn't
2: gonna bring this up but let me let me bring it up so
1: okay
2: you're a um you're a conventional taurus right but in the telescopic system the constellation of taurus was actually in gemini at the um at the the time of your birth so in the system that i use the esoteric system you guys have the same astrology
1: (coughs) really (coughs) what does that mean
2: it means you're both jupiter rising Go so on, oh. magic cards, here. Um, so try you. Should I
1: watch the, that movie then? Jupiter
2: you should watch Super Ascending. I think it's that, yeah. you should watch oh. Super oh. Ascending. It's, okay. it, gives a, it gives a lot of hints. You, know, you, are gonna... the, you are the archetypal hero of your story. There's no, there's no, um, there's, uh, no um, questioning for me how you were able to, to do what you did. You know what I mean? Because um, Jupiter is that willpower, it's that understanding, it's that heroism to actually move forward with who they're meant to be. And that's that's your that's your rising sign so sagittarius jupiter is yeah Whoa. jupiter is
1: you know what's so funny
0: sagittarius i
1: yeah. i wanted to if i had a little girl i wanted to name her jupiter but i thought that would be too weird and not funny
0: and that's... her middle name should be rising,
1: rising next <laughs> <Doesn't
0: matter. laughs> yeah that's so
1: actually a constellation
2: see. that was actually seen in the sky when you were
1: born. yeah.
0: I was actually going to send cool. you a private message, Joel, to be like, yo, are you going to get into her taroscopic things at all, too? Because we sometimes, depending on the guests, you know, maybe we'll, we'll tap into something today. Yeah. And yeah. to focus a little bit on your human design as a manifester. Um, again, for anyone that's watching that has no clue what we're talking about, reach out to me. If you want to know more about human design, reach out to Joel yeah. if you want to hear more about his taroscopic system. But it's all cool stuff. It's all different types of information to allow you to really step more into your individuality. So we're talking about how to step born, accept and honor your authentic truth. And there's a lot of these ancient systems that help shine a light, you know, it's, that's just my view on it. So.
1: Absolutely, that's man. really
0: cool. Cool. Well, uh, until next time, everyone be well, and yeah. uh, we'll be bringing another episode to you next week, but Allison, you're amazing. And we'll talk soon.
1: Thank, yeah. you, Thank you. I love both of you guys. Thank my, you for having love, me.
0: Love you too. Right. Yeah. We love you too, and everyone listening,
2: uh, thanks for being here for the truth. Next time. Cool. Bye. Peace. Smoke and mirrors, I'm seeing through the illusion. Waking up in the time, they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms, cause they be too busy snoozing, I'm in the a and.